Hello there guys and welcome to the 100th episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I am joined by my first ever guest on the show as well as one of my all-time best friends, Reese Willis. Any of you long-term listeners or eagle-eyed people or potentially anyone who listens on uh, Apple Podcasts will note, this is not the 100th release on Genuine Chit Chat. I believe it's number 152, uh, which isn't quite as much of an exciting number, but it's the 100th episode. Because I split a lot of the longer episodes into two parts, it means that the releases do outweigh the actual episodes. Uh, however, this is the 100th episode released, and I thought I'd do something a little bit special, which I talk about a little bit in the chat itself, and that's have one of my all-time best friends and the person who really actually helped me start the podcast and get it going and things, even agreeing to be on the first ever episode, and has always kind of supported me in that way. So I'm just really thankful to have him in my life, and this is a good way to kind of showcase it. And we had a lot of fun. You know, the chat's a bit longer than the normal ones. I didn't split it at all. It's just a really cool, wholesome chat as a sort of insight into mine and Reese's uh, friendship. Uh, I will just clarify here, though, the first five or ten minutes are a lot more vulgar than most episodes of Genuine Chit Chat are. There's the odd ones I've had which are a bit vulgar, but in this, uh, we do talk about some kind of gross things uh, for the first five or ten minutes after that it goes into much more uh, standard conversation but we basically talk about a film called visitor q that has uh, <laughs> a lot of weird things in it it's an asian film and was made by tartan asia extreme and it's it's very weird um which we watched ages ago um but I just wanted to preface that because some people who are listening who may be a bit more on the prudish side who want to hear about meditation or may want to hear about any of the other things I've mentioned in the show notes or the subject matter, and they hear us talking about putting balls in people's asses, it it doesn't reflect that well. But that is the kind of... This conversation perfectly encapsulates me and Reese with the conversations we have where it's mixed with randomness and vulgarity and hilarity, but also a degree of spirituality, philosophy and that sort of thing. So I really hope you guys enjoy the chat. I've included details in the show notes and things, so I'm not going to go through the bullet points of that. But I just want to say to everyone listening now and anyone who has listened to any previous episodes, I really, really appreciate it. Whether you listened to one episode before, or this is your first episode, or if you've listened to all of them, which I don't think anyone has yet listened to all of the episodes, but I know that Tony Farina is quite close <laughs> from what he's told me. But I just appreciate anyone willing to give this show a go. And I just want to say thank you listening just so much. Uh, if you want to share this on social media and stuff, that'll be even more uh, grateful I will be and it'll be more helpful for the show and things and it'll make me even happier. But if you can hear this message, I just appreciate it so much. So that's going to be it from me. I'm not going to play any promos or any of that sort of jazz. I'm just going to leave it at that. And then I'll come on back at the end just to give some insight into you know my other podcast, things you can expect for the next 100 episodes and a few other things like that to keep this from being too rambly. So, you know, once again, guys, really appreciate you listening. Find me on the usual social media places at genuine chit chat on twitter instagram and facebook leave reviews if you feel like it deserves it share with your friends and enjoy yourself anyway guys i'll talk to you at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and i'm your host mike burton So we are here. I'm going to lay on the sofa because I'm a proper host. <laughs> Wearing my pajamas, looking all looking all fancy, looking all fancy and nice. Very um, professional. I do look very professional. I might actually do the voice recording thing on here as well, uh, just to be sure. Because you know, last time I did it, it was a bit of a yikes moment. Um, <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> so, today. so, so uh, yeah, what we're going to talk about is um, that I actually reached out to him to come on my podcast, and he said no. Really? No, he didn't respond at all. Oh, okay. Completely ignored. Simp ignored. Um, I guess that's better than saying no. 
Yeah, I, I, well, I think so. I, although I didn't... Uh, actually, I don't know, is it? <laughs> I can't decide. Is it kind of, well, they responded once and then said no, but that doesn't matter. But anyway, Reese, are you the most excited person in the entire planet right now to be on the 100th episode of Genuine Chit Chat? I didn't know it was the 100th. That's why you're here. You probably told me and I probably just maybe didn't even click. It's one of those things where we have a lot of podcasters and stuff. They make a big fuss about the 100th episode. But my 50th episode only seems special by coincidence because what happened was i did this collaboration with emotionally 14 the podcast is called um and a guy called rob wade who's really cool and we did a really really cool chat for like two hours and we just agreed to split it just do half on his show half on my show and yeah. yeah and it just so happens that that ends up being my 50th episode so i basically half marketed it being like <laughs> 50th episode special doing the first big collaboration stuff with this other podcast and it, it did by mistake and then not mistake but just by sort of random mm. and then around episode 90 i already had another two or three episodes recorded because i'm I've, I've always got a few recorded ahead and it got to about episode 90 and i was like it's probably too late to really do anything special for the 100th episode because like I was trying. I was i was trying like almost too hard well, what can you what can you do uh, get someone on actually important and not me what you mean? Is that what you mean? <laughs> well, you, this is the thing: is like for a hundredth episode, you think someone has to do something grandiose. So it'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll do this massive five-person podcast, and we can all talk about. It. But that becomes a mess and a ball in the ass, a pain in the ass to edit. Mm. But then it's like a ball in the ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be very pleasant having a ball in the ass. But because well, we talked to. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I'd rather. I don't know because if I had to put my ball in someone's ass, I think that would be more <laughs> unpleasant for me than it would be for them. It depends what kind of ball we're talking about, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about my testicles. You're talking like a a, a bowling ball. It's <laughs> probably not going to be great. <laughs> you want someone's testicle? I can't imagine that'd be particularly good for no both I mean, parties, really. Yeah, bowling will be horrendous. But like, if I had to shove my testicle into someone's asshole, if it was like a porn star asshole, it would be fine because they're kind of like you know gaping and it's horrendous. But if it was like a virgin <laughs> asshole. And you push it in, like the the tensing of the sphincter would actually probably hurt the ball quite a lot. I can imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine trying to get it out, but like they couldn't. Like they, they just, it felt like too tickly or something for them, and they they couldn't stop clenching. And you just you're trying to tug your ball out of them. Oh my god! Did, did you get to that part in Visitor Q? I can't remember how much the bit where he fucks the corpse, and then because of rigor mortis, his dick gets stuck. Does that? Do you get that far in Visitor Q? I don't think so. No. Unfortunately, no. The visit Q is, is the weirdest Asian film I've ever seen. Uh, I think it's. I'm not going to say which race I think it is because I'm certain I'll be wrong and that will be racist. Some it, sort of Asian race. Well, it's it's called Tartan. <laughs> is, that, is that more racist to say? I, 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 it might be. I'm pretty sure it was Japanese. I think it was as because well. I remember there was like sliding doors and stuff, which I think is associated with Japanese. Yeah, culture I, or I, I'm inclined to think that you're correct, but there's, there's a film called Visit a Q, and uh, Rob and Catherine showed it to me and Bradley years ago, and they thought it was hilarious, and I watched it, and I thought it was hilarious, so we watched it as a group, I think around Charlotte's, which is the worst possible time for me to show for someone a film like that, and the first scene, I think, is someone getting, like, a, the guy gets, like, anally raped by his own microphone, because he's like a newscaster, Yeah, I see. and then this guy who is the Visit a Q character comes into it, and then... Is this something about an umbrella? Am I going crazy? Yeah, yeah. There's a bit where a woman she's lactating and she squirts milk breath, the milk out, and the person's hiding under a clear umbrella, and all the the milk is spraying over the umbrella. Because he <laughs> he the guy who gets raped by a microphone ends up abusing his family because he's so upset about getting raped by a microphone on live TV because he was like a reporter. And it's then, so frigid. <laughs> and then the wife, I think, becomes addicted to heroin to deal with him abusing everyone. And then the brother ends up abusing the sister because he's being abused by the dad. And then 
I think the dad is having an affair and then he kills the girl he's having an affair with by choking her to death uh, in the house that they're all living in. And then he has sex with her corpse, but it goes into rigor mortis and he gets his penis stuck in her and the wife has to come in and save him. And it makes this like noise when he pulls it out. <laughs> That's in the first like 40 minutes of the film. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got you to turn that off pretty quick. I think it was after about five minutes. I think after the guy got anally raped by a microphone and you're like, does the film get any more weird than this? No, I think you said something like, surely the film can't get any weirder than this. And I was like, this isn't even close to how weird it gets. And yeah, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it, was, it couldn't have been any longer than 10 minutes, which, no. looking back on it, I probably would have given it a longer shot now. It, it's, just, it's one of those films where I'm talking about all these extreme things, but it's actually a surprisingly good film. Are you sure, though? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still got it on DVD. Did you say that? And then at the same time, I flash back to what you said a minute ago with the umbrella and the lactation. It sounds really weird and out of context. It, it's a really, really fucking weird film. Like it, weird, But things to a degree make sense like the lactating bit it sounds really weird but visitor who comes in and basically lack uh i don't know what, what do you call it if, if if you're squeezing someone's breast to get the milk out but you're not drinking it what would you call that milking them like a fucking cow yeah he I does that he does that to her and somehow that relieves some of her pressure and some of her upset and that makes her no long no longer felt the need to be addicted to heroin. Like a swollen cow addicted yeah. to heroin. <laughs> yeah. It, it's Visitor Q is, is one of the weirdest films I've ever seen in my entire life, by far. It, it's weird as fuck. But it's like strong extremes of things. Mm. And the reasons that the things are happening does, to some degree, make sense. But I don't, I'll take your word for it on that. Mm. Probably won't watch, watch it anytime soon. Whatever. No. But, uh... well, it, it's one of those films where it's like, I would is happily it, show someone the film. It's to, subbed, right? Or... Yeah, or dubbed or something. Uh, subbed, yeah. Subbed, I don't think yeah. they have enough budget for dubbing. No. It's one of the most unknown films ever. It's, it's really weird. Mm. Do you remember that? What was it that genie thing? Um, I can't. Remember what it was called something in Ata. You know, it, it was like that online thing. You can it, you Akinator. Akin, I think that was yeah, it. Yeah, Akinator. And you ask it like it basically because of the database <clears throat> it's got. It asks loads of yes no questions, and it can think of any person. Yeah, it didn't know Visitor Q, so I managed. Then I put it in, and so now it does have Visitor Q. Nice. Because I, I thought... And oh. the world's better off for it. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things where I was like, I was trying to get it. I was thinking really weird, obscure characters, and I was like, surely they won't get this. And it, I I couldn't get anywhere because it was always getting it, and Visitor Q was the only one that it didn't get. And ever, ever since one person has searched it. I don't even know if anyone would have done. I don't think that is actually the case. Um, but I was talking... I ended up starting about talking about the 100th episode thing, wasn't I? The, the reason I, I wanted to have you on uh, as well is because obviously... I don't know if you realise this, but you are one of the main reasons that really helped me start or continue with Genuine Chit Chat. Because when I first started talking about it, um, I like discussed it with you and I think Jasmine was actually the person who gave me the idea initially mm. or something similar. Yeah, it was, Mike, you like to talk so much. Why don't you fucking put it to good use? Yeah, why don't you put it to good use and stop talking to us? Fuck off. <laughs> uh, and then I spoke with you and like Bradley and TJ and a couple of others. And obviously, I'd say probably about... Those are people who have, have come on the podcast. But I'd say of all the people who said they would come on the podcast, only about half actually did. Mm. But obviously you were the first person to come on the podcast. And then you've been on, this is probably your fourth time, I think? Because you came on to talk about video games. It's third or fourth. I know, yeah, it's the fourth time. So there's the transgender conversation, games. video games, and the first time. Yeah, I was on one with Josh. Yeah, that was, I think that was video games, and then it may have became discussion on transgender. Something like that, yeah. I can't really remember. Not can I. Yeah, yeah, no, my I just think they remember getting kind of annoyed about political correctness or something so it probably was yeah well the first one we ever did the first pod episode of genuine chit chat was um Nazis. to punch a nazi yeah. is, it, is it ever correct to punch a nazi and it's quite funny because um one times of, have changed 
No. <laughs> it's three years ago that was, Reese. It doesn't feel like that Almost long ago. to the day. Uh, what is it now? We're in... It's the 20th of August. Um, the episode won't be released until, I think, very early September. And the first episode came out in September mm. of 2017. So it's almost three years to the day. Because I think I recorded like a few before beforehand, so I'd have like a backlog. But yeah, it was, it was to punch... Is it ever Because I remember that was the time where political correctness, the next wave of it, hit everyone. Mm. And there was that thing going around which everyone was basically chanting... Or when people on social media were saying, yeah, you can always punch a Nazi. And it was like, yeah. we had the discussion of, it's, I mean, not, it's not that simple. I mean, you look at, for that going into it, you look at the whole America police situation. Well, yeah. Yikes. Well, it, it's one of those, isn't it? It's, it, it's one of those things that it kind of helps spark the, the first episode of the podcast. I do every now and then bring it up. Um, but there's people who listen to the, who listen to Genuine Chit Chat. And some people have started from the beginning, which... For for a podcast like story related or something or like critical role or something like that, that makes sense. You should start from the start. But mine is just every episode's its own thing. It's an ongoing law with genuine chit chat. <laughs> like you've got to learn. You got to build up the law. You know. Well, there is to some degree. Under the betrayals and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just notes who was who I said would come on again and then didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also when I first started this three years ago, I hadn't met Megan or anything. Mm. So there is there's like a subtle law of me <laughs> meeting Megan in some way. Um, or rather Megan just being on a podcast at one point and then suddenly yeah yeah but it, it was a weird one but with with that first episode yeah is ever right to punch a Nazi I, I someone it was Tony Farina actually he's a regular listener and a mate of mine he's been on the show and he said that he went back and he's listened to almost every episode of Genuine Chit Chat which mm. I'm would not necessarily encourage anyone to do. I, I love, I think... I, it's a I'm, special kind of person. <laughs> well, I'm proud of every episode I've released. I don't think there's any necessarily bad episodes. Mm. It's just there's like, even though I'm on episode 100, this is, it'll be like 160 or so, like actual releases, because obviously I split a lot of the episodes in half when well, they're really long. Give me a couple of bangers. I'm new, I'm uneducated in the world of Mike Burton, <laughs> and I want to listen to five bangers. Oh god, I, I to try and name them off the top of my head. That's a, that's a harder one. Well, I think the the one that's probably the most famous, the one that's actually got listened to the most is, I think, uh, my podcast with uh, Bill of the Church of Satan. Oh yeah, I remember that because that that was one which was I my listenership jumped up quite a lot from that, and I think there's quite a few because Bill M he has his own podcast as well mm. and there's quite a few people in the Church of Satan community which listen to podcasts so I think that kind of helped mm. so if any of you are listening right now and you're from the Church of Satan listenership hello thank you for listening <laughs> um, thank you for continuing to listen hail Satan <laughs> well to be, to be fair with the people um, with them they they don't hail Satan right well no because they don't they don't believe in God no or, or Satan it's, it's like a mockery it's like mm. an anti-religion that's kind of it's one of those things where I, I really like talking to him and I want to have him on again and I don't want to devalue his beliefs the community with it but i remember asking callum once and i was like or well, i spoke to callum about it and he was like what's well, so they're basically just a group of atheists and i was like yeah and he was like so why do they follow a religion and i was like i don't know it's almost like <laughs> an irony right it, it is quite an irony and that's number 52 mm. which is um understanding the church of satan misconceptions and stuff because it's like satanists don't worship satan because they don't believe satan exists because mm. they don't believe in god and you can't believe in satan without believing in god that doesn't make any sense no. um so that that's one of them um, I think I had a chat with a guy called Maxwell Ivy. That's a great one. Um, which is number, uh, I think I'm trying, I'm actually looking at it now, but it's, I don't want it to play. But you can't read. I can't, I'm trying to do it quickly. And certainly I'm I can't phone. read numbers. Um, <laughs> number 81, 
um, with Maxwell Ivy. He's a blind guy. He he's a blind blogger, and he I've had two blind individuals on my podcast. Goff of Beanuts Productions, who's coming on again. He's the Australian film director. Yeah, I've told you about. Um, he's been on quite a few times. Maxwell Ivy, I'm going to have him on at some point again, but. Goff was blind from like three weeks old because he had a vaccine and then it went wrong or something. And Oh, God, don't, I don't, don't believe this podcast no. now. You, you should have said that. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's one of those funny things where it's like, I'm definitely not an anti-vaxxer, but things can sometimes go wrong with vaccines, <clears throat> yeah. unfortunately. Um, but, so he he was blind from the get-go and he's lost, I think it's 90% of his vision. So mm-hmm. one of his eyes completely gone, I think, and one he can just about see out of. I think, I might be wrong there. Sorry, Goff, if you're listening and I got that wrong. Um, whereas Maxwell, he got his vision deteriorated. So mm-hmm. he could see until I think it was well, high school in America. So like 16 years old or so. I think that's around the time he either started to lose his vision or by that time he'd completely lost it. Mm. Which So the two very different cases. Um, but he was really, he like inspired me. It was like motivational. Because mm. he was like, look, I travel, he travel around New York and just relied on the kindness of strangers. Like he had money and he booked hotels and stuff. But there was a couple of times where like the hotel canceled the booking and he's blind and he was like, how do I do? And he 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 relied on the kindness of strangers, and he said, "You'd be surprised how nice people are yeah. in under certain circumstances." So that's a really good one, um, which is, as I said, I think number uh, eighty one. I think the one I, I spoke about, I think the one just before that, actually, yeah, number eighty three. I think if that's the one, yeah, the guys from the, in the Black Podcast. I think mm-hmm. I spoke to you about that because it's like one of my favorite indie podcasts. So number eighty two, number eighty three, whatever I said for the the, the Satanist one, which is fifty two, I think. Then there's Goff of Beer Nuts Productions. The first time he was on was probably the best one, um, which is, oh God, 48. Yeah, number 48. So that's another blind individual. Hmm. And then... Oof. So now next you need a blind Satanist. Well, yeah, that's what, that would make sense. He has his own indie podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need because I've got a filmmaker, or, or Maxwell Ivy, he's got his own podcast as well. Oh, well. The thing is, it, it's quite hard to choose because I don't want to, I don't want anyone to. There's you don't want to alienate anyone. Or... Well, it's the, it's not only that, but it's also like it's those three really stand out because have, speaking to someone who two individuals who are blind who have done very different things with their lives, are, that's very inspirational. And speaking mm-hmm. with someone from the Church of Satan, that's debunking misconceptions. And then the In the Black podcast, obviously, I am a 26 year old white guy in England who's mm-hmm. a millennial, so I'm like what of the ladder of privilege. I'm pretty high up, especially for my background and things. Whereas, so my, I don't understand the perspective of, you know, 30 to 40 year old men in America who are black, mm. who have had to deal with a lot of the shit they've had to deal with. I, black people have to deal with things in America. <laughs> <laughs> Even across the world. What? There's, wow, really? Racism still exists. Wow, I didn't know that. So with, with them, I liked it because I could ask them a lot of questions, which I, it was almost like a nice safe space because I, I said to them before, I was like, I, I, we did like a thingy test beforehand because uh, Big O, who's the, the sort of front man of the In the Back podcast, he did a th- he he gets every guest to go on there like the day before just to make sure everything works fine and just to go over what we're talking about. Mm. And I ran through some of the questions and topics, and they're completely fine with it. And some of them I feel like would have upset people in some way if they took it the wrong way. Yeah, because I asked a lot of questions about race, and I was like, you know, what does blackness mean to you? Mm. That that question in itself could cause offence to people mm-hmm. because they would go. Well, I'm just like you. What yeah. I'm no different to you. Whereas, it is a, there's a slightly shift in heritage in the view of heritage because obviously our heritage is just colonizers, and we've just been <laughs> essentially just white people. Give colonizing. us your land, please. Yeah, give us your <laughs> land, and then when we get it, we'll then not let immigrants in, even though we colonized 
lot of the modern world. Mm. So weirdness. And it, so, <laughs> so it's weird, but then I don't know because there's some that I had loads and loads of fun with. So I, after podcast, I was like, that was really, really fun to do. But a lot of them are the least popular ones. Whereas I've had other ones, which I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't say I didn't have fun in, but there's certain podcasts I have, which I have to work a bit more because the person I'm speaking to, it becomes more of an interview than a conversation, Yeah, which is fine. If they've got something really good to say and really interesting. Sort of like Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. That, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. yeah. So That's pretty painful to listen to. The first, also interesting. Yeah, the first hour or so was quite... He's done a second one now, though, hasn't he? With Elon Musk. I don't know, he might have done. I haven't heard the second one. Because during lockdown, I basically listened to like three podcasts. As in, not three mm. shows. I had three actual podcasts, because... Oh. <laughs> like g- genuinely like people people like that I'm friends with are like releasing your episode of the podcast and I share them and things and I'm like I don't want to sound like a dick but in lockdown in total I genuinely have only listened to like three podcasts yeah God. it depends on where you listen to it like on a drive or something that's going to go out the window well, well that's when I do that that was the main two times I'd listen to podcasts was driving to and from work which is between half an hour and an hour each way mm. so that's between one and two hours a day so it's like ten hours a week of podcasts uh, and then also when I would occasionally do chores with when Megan gone to bed or whatever. But obviously Megan's staying up later because she isn't going to work. Mm. So she goes to bed much closer time to me. So I have less time to myself. But then I'm also not driving anywhere. So I, I just don't listen to podcasts as much. So yeah. <laughs> I feel my podcast is getting more and more popular and, not, and more collaborations around the thing. But it's like when I've been going on other people's podcasts recently, I've had to make a proper concerted effort to listen to their podcast when I can because I just mm. don't have time. What have you been listening to recently podcast-wise? If anything. Basically just the norm. Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, uh, and Podquisition, which is Jim Sterling. Hmm. Uh, he used to be on The Escapist, where Zero Punctuation was. Yeah, he did, actually, yeah. Because I, 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 about that. I saw a few of his videos from that. I knew about him yeah. before a bit. Yeah. That podcast is really, really goofy. It's great. Well, Jimquisition. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's great, but it, they like they it's, it's almost like an in joke now. They like barely stay on topic ever. Oh right. And this now will become a thing when they start an episode. It usually opens with Jim talking about something so so bizarre and weird <laughs> and so nothing to do with video games. And then Laura, one of the guests, is always like, "Right, let's get on to the uh, video games." And then he's like talking over like, <laughs> "So yeah, uh, wrestling, you know." <laughs> um, but yeah, it is really good. Other than that, yeah, mainly just Sam Harris and, and Joe Rogan. Yeah, it's the Sam Harris content. Do you think it's gone, is any better or worse since he put the paywall up? It's hard to say because he's doing a lot more like relevant stuff because obviously all the things that have been going on. Um, he's also done a lot of free episodes, to be fair. Yeah, I've, I, I listened to the Defund the Police one. Yeah. Uh, that one, that I think, was it Defund the Police? You recommend it. It was a full one it was, hour. It was about the whole, his thoughts on the whole situation. The in Black Lives Matter thing. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that in full. Yeah, that was basically he, he, he. Some of them are paid. I think probably about half of them aren't paid. Oh, okay. He considers them public service announcements. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, he did one about um, uh, for example, uh, what's it called? When you when all the countries come together and say, yeah, let's let's get rid of our nuclear bombs. Oh, what's that called? Dearmament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was pretty interesting. He had um someone on there who was like ninety something years old, and he now runs like some organization. That basically is trying to get the armament on the go. Okay. But he was also on the team who developed the first atomic bomb. Oh, okay. So he's got the insider info and insider perspective. That's very interesting. It's pretty interesting. It's, it's one of those things with Sam Harris. I've actually, 
when people say what I'm about to say, I try my best not to judge them. Uh, I can't say I've succeeded at that. <laughs> but there's been a couple of podcasters I know who, when they ask for recommendations and I recommend them Sam Harris, they go, oh, yeah, I listen to a bit of Sam Harris, but I, I just don't really like him. He kind of annoys me. Or mm. when they say things like that, and I'm like, I want to clarify, any of my listeners, if you don't like Sam Harris, that's okay. But I don't understand how you can like my show and not his, considering... If you like if you like the more goofy episodes of my show when I talk to my mates and like my show is like more like Joe Rogan than, than Sam Harris by a lot but but I'd like to take influence from Sam Harris and Joe Rogan because I think Sam Harris is one of the most intelligent people on the whole planet <laughs> but of, at least in the public eye you, yeah, you know well, one of the most public speakers who's very intelligent you mm. know yeah he's uh very directed with his podcast for the most part although uh, not obviously all the really serious ones he's really directed but I can't which which one it was but going back maybe like a month or two ago he made a point in saying he's going to try and make it a little bit more free flow okay Rossi Joe Rogan is very much free flow yeah Joe Rogan like two footnotes and that's it yeah well, that, that that's the Joe best Joe Rogan's like let's just talk about meat and hunting and MMA bears and MMA and let's have some shrooms. <laughs> the thing is with Joe Rogan is I understand why some people don't like him and I have found that when I got really into Rogan about I mean, I've been into podcast I've been doing podcasting for three years and I think I've been listening to podcasts for about five now four or five because hmm. uh, I remember you're actually the reason I got into podcasts as well do you know that? I can't remember well basically you got me into Scroobius Pip because you showed me uh, Stunner yeah and then he started a podcast and had uh the first episode was with Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was listening to Russell Brand's Trues on YouTube. And then, or around that sort of time. And so because Russell Brand mentioned being on Scroobius Pip, and because you got me into Scroobius Pip, I then listened to the Scroobius Pip podcast with Russell Brand. Russell Brand's got a podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, behind, what it's called. It's behind a paywall now. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Which is ironic considering who he is and what he <laughs> kind of stands for. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. Because he, he went on Sam Harris' podcast and that was him promoting his new podcast. Yeah. And he went on Joe Rogan's podcast doing the same. Mm-hmm. But he, because of that, that got me into the world of podcasting. And then Scroobius Pip always went to Joe Rogan because Scroobius Pip went on Joe Rogan's about a year or two before he started his own podcast. And I went back and listened to the episode that he did with Joe Rogan. And I really liked that. And then I listened to a few others of Rogan. And then I told you about it. And then I, was, I think I was telling you about podcasts for months. And then at one point you went, wait, a podcast is podcast free? And I was like, yeah. And you're like, what? You're like, yeah. I didn't realize. And then you just downloaded it immediately. And then since then, you've yeah, been... yeah. I asked you as well, I was like, how did you get them? I was like, you have to like download them off the internet. You know, it's on an app. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wait, so it's a free app and you can just listen to like unlimited hours and hours and hours of free audio content. Yeah. What? Oh, <laughs> oh, I see what you've been talking about. It's like the last few I get it now. Yeah. yeah, I didn't explain it very well, but because of you getting me in Scooby's Pip and sort of other things, it, it worked in that sort of way. Um, mm-hmm. But it's with Rogan, when I was really into Rogan uh, like two years ago, when there was a point where I was basically only listening to Rogan. I wasn't really listening to anything else mm. because he releases like three or four a week. They're each three or four hours long. So you don't really have, if you fully commit to Rogan, unless you have a disgusting commute or you don't have any many other hobbies or rather you have other hobbies where you can listen to podcasts while doing them you can't really listen to much else and so when i got really into rogan i actually had to make a concerted effort i was like right i need to stop i can't be a podcaster and the only podcast i listen to is joe rogan because they're very normie podcast yeah isn't it it's a scrub podcast it's great (laughs) it's it's, it's almost like 
it, it's like getting in you from the door. It's like playing Kirby in Smash and yeah. that being your main. It's like you it can be your main. Baby's first podcast. <laughs> Get to Rogan. Um but then I obviously branched out a bit more. But in that time when I started to branch out and I listened to, you know, Sam Harris, then I got into In the Black podcast and lots of the other podcasts I now now do actually listen to, I was finding that about thirty percent of his podcasts are the same. Not not the not like word for word, this three hour chunk is the same as a three hour chunk. But if you listen to like five episodes of Rogan, about 30% of it will all be about the same thing, yeah. which is, as you said, it's MMA, <laughs> uh, DMT. I know the reason I know it's dimethyltryptamine because he said it so often. Yeah. So, psilocybin mushrooms, uh, bears. hunting, <laughs> bears being crazy and insane, and occasionally and big animals chimps. killing people. <laughs> yeah. uh, then occasionally politics. And then working out and, and MMA. And sort of half conspiracy theories, mm. things that are slightly weird, like aliens. But and saying uh, it's entirely possible a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. So I, I do get why people don't like Rogan, but I, I uh, Rogan's at that point now where he's, so, he's made so much money and he's so famous and stuff, he can have whoever the hell he wants on. And oh, co- comedy was the thing that was getting me. I think I said to you, it was about a year or so ago, I was getting quite frustrated because... Just talking a lot about comedy, particularly yeah. for us who... Any Americans listening, uh, English people don't really understand American stand-up, which I feel like is sort of the same the other way around. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can watch... I mean, I've watched, we watched Rogan things before, me and you together. Yeah, yeah. And they're funny. And I've watched other American things, but, and they're funny, but I don't, never find them barely laughing. And for the most part, I laugh at like 20, 30% of the things they say. Yeah, I'm the same. Different worlds, I don't understand. T- American TV shows that are meant to be funny. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Parks and Recreation is, a, is obviously a, a peak one, but there's also... Yeah. I know you're not the biggest fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but that's really funny. And there's, yeah. But they're all vaguely made by the same person. So, you, you know, he speaks about uh, American um, stand-up a lot, and it's welcome. A decent amount, particularly when he has one of them on, and they're like they're pally pally and they have good chemistry, and it's funny. But other than that, yeah, it's uh, can get a little bit tiring if you don't, particularly considering we're not in that world and we don't even know most of these people. Like, <laughs> it may be a bit different if you have some context of watching them do a gig or something. But well, well that's the thing because, like, for I of all, like, I listen to Jorgen, I've, I've, I've watched Jorgen stand up rather, and I think he is funny. I don't think he's hilarious, mm. I think he's funny. But then the only American po- uh, podcast, the only American comedian I've watched that I think is actually genuinely hilarious is Tom Segura. Yeah. I think I watched his, his show Disgraceful and it is one of the best stand-up shows I've ever seen. It is, there's a bit he does about um, about buying weed and mm. it is just the funniest thing I've ever heard. But aside from that, I've listened to like Rogan. I've, I think I've listened to one of Burt Kreischer's. I've listened to two of Bill Burr's. I enjoy... I find with American stand-up, I find them less funny, but more easy to kind of entertaining. Yeah. Like, I can just... If they're not funny, I can still watch it's it. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it's it, not like, oh, this is horrendous, please make it stop. Yeah. Like, and awkward because it's so bad. Yeah, whereas English, I find English stand-up, I think, like, English stand-up is funnier, but when it's not being funny, it's shit. It's awful, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, if you watch Jimmy Carney, he's not making you laugh, then he's doing a shit job. Whereas if yeah. you watch Joe Rogan, he's not making you laugh, it's still entertaining. It's still humorous. Yeah. Everything... Yeah, so that's a good way of putting it. I find everything an American stand-up uh, comic says is at least humorous. Mm. I don't feel the same about UK comics. No. No, it's like, I feel like it's either hilarious or cringe as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, please, please make this stop. Yeah, because yeah, I've I've seen quite a few live. Like I saw Bill Bailey live, and he obviously adds a lot of music into it, so that's mm. very entertaining when he's not being outwardly funny. But like I saw Lee Mack live, and that is uh, me and Kieran went, and it is 
genuinely at points I had to put my fingers in my ears because I was I couldn't actually breathe. <laughs> he's relentless, aren't he? Oh yeah, he's he fucking good. and he shouts a lot. And I find yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just me or, or maybe it's British sensibilities, but I find if someone yells a lot, I find them more funny. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing like in it's always sunny in Philadelphia. As soon as they start yelling at each other, I just crack up because yeah. I love people just shouting at each other. Yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. But also one of the only the only talking point I think I had written. I say written down. I've written. I've written. Here's my little notebook. You had one talking point. You had to write that. Wow, that's a, that's a lot. an essay. I did. I don't even think you'd write that. I literally wrote Reese's name and his surname. I don't know why I wrote it down. I know just in case you forget my surname. Friend of like four, thirteen, fourteen years. Yeah, I mean, well, what are we now? Well, we're twenty six, so I think it's been fifteen years now. I, don't, I think year eight. We met in year seven. No, year eight. I mean, so I think we met in year seven vaguely, but I think we became friends in year eight because it was that weird thing. Because in year seven, for some reason, they didn't put me in top set for everything, which makes me sound like a twat saying because you're stupid. Like, <laughs> it, it makes me sound like I'm being an ass. Like, why did they put me in top set? But it's like I got really, really good grades in primary school, hmm. and then they did. I did mocks and I did really well, and they just didn't move me up until hmm. year eight. So it was really weird because obviously I was with like little Louie and people like that, which is fine. I didn't really click with any of them that well. So I was just like, okay. And then suddenly at eight, I was like thrown into the deep end where everyone in like the top sets were already basically already there. Mm. So as well as me being who I was in secondary school anyway, which is horrendously unlikable, I was <laughs> thrown in... quiet, reserved, respectful young gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a curly-haired, fat, loud-mouthed, know-it-all virgin. <laughs> that was it. Fat little virgin. That was my nickname. That's not actually a joke. That was actually my nickname. Or light bulb. Light bulb was good when I bleached my hair blonde. Yeah. That was not a good moment. I mean, it built... It, it was a good moment character. for me. It was good <laughs> I moment loved for, it. It was a good moment for everyone who was around me. Not only was it any of the outcasts or the air quotes nerds, none of the attention was on any of them because it was all on me. Yeah. But also, all the nicknames, Bleach. Bleach. Absolutely astounding. Whoever came up with that, honestly. The, thing is, the, the weird thing is that Rob and Catherine credit you and Robin for that, but you and Robin credit... <laughs> someone else for that so. I've never I've not, I would never have thought something so clever but that's what I mean is no one no one has taken any credit everyone thinks it's someone else mm. so it's just it wasn't me I can tell you that much it sounds like a Robin thing that's what I thought but I'm pretty certain we asked him and he said it wasn't but he said he wishes it was but it might have just been Robin fucking with us maybe I do remember one of the most specific things I remember Robin saying to me was when we were walking through Miller's Pond and he said I, I can't remember why I think it was it was around the time it was the turning the tide of from where I was getting ripped on constantly and couldn't deal with it to understanding banter and being involved with it it was around year eight nine where the kind of transition happened mm. um where i went from i went hmm lots of people are bullying me maybe if i don't rise to it constantly they won't take the satisfaction and maybe if they keep calling me fat and i make better jokes about myself and self-deprecating humor then i take the bullets out of their gun and that's how i stop being bullied mm. by bullying myself um but i remember him saying in miller's pond i can't remember exactly the context but he said I want to shove, and he's a white guy to clarify. <laughs> I want to shove my big black veiny cock in your tight white virgin asshole, <laughs> and I don't know why, but I've always remembered that. And I wish I, I wish I didn't. Yeah, that sounds like fourteen to sixteen year old era Robin Crew. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I can't remember. What, oh, we were talking about it because we'd known each other for so long. Yeah, mm. on the notepad, I literally wrote Reese Willis. And nothing else. And yeah. I don't even know why. I, I think I wrote it down just in case there's just any... Just in case no- you forget my name, yeah. It was more so if there's any loud noises or something, I can write it down and note to myself when I do editing. Because ah. I've, beca- I've been getting more and more lazy of editing recently, where instead of listening to everything, I now kind of skip through it. And mm. I look at the waveforms, and if anything's really high, I kind of listen to that bit, or if there's any extended gaps. I would say it's lazy. I think it's just refining 
your technique it's more efficient yeah it's also like when i was single uh, it was fine because if i spent five hours on a sunday editing a podcast it, it didn't matter because mm. i had nothing to do but now the longer i take to edit a podcast is less time i get to hang out with megan so it's like well i know it sounds weird but it's like people go well couldn't you when you were single weren't you thinking oh it's more time to play video games or that but obviously when you're single you've got so much free time that i could do everything i want to do all the time anyway so mm. Taking a Sunday out to edit wasn't a big thing, but um, the reason, the, the only point I had to like vaguely noted was with you, because I've been doing a lot of the talking this podcast as well, which just goes to show people who, when I normally have the podcast, I, I have guests, I ease it and rein it back. But mm. when I have people I'm really familiar with, it creeps up and I become <laughs> the person talking the most. Um, I don't mind, it's your 100th episode after all. <laughs> yeah, just let, listen to me talk. But <laughs> you, um, one of the reasons I want to talk to you is because Sam Harris talks about it quite a lot, and I've I've dabbled. Well, I say dabbled. I do it occasionally, but mine's more so to have uh, mindfulness. But it was to do with meditation. Mm. So I want you to. Well, obviously you got headspace because of school and things like that. So I want you to just kind of tell me when you first tried meditation, and then as much as you would like to say about it. I can't wonder if I tried actually a while ago. Definitely a minimum a year ago, maybe two years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. I didn't actually properly get into it until uh, I think it was somewhere beginning of the year, right? Or the end of last year? Well, I think you, you got Headspace for free with the school and then the subscription stopped. Yeah. And I think you... When I, got, you I got it again. Yeah, it was the second time yeah. you got it. You Because I think the first time you had it, you did it a bit. And then mm-hmm. when you got more and more into it, then the subscription stopped and it stopped the momentum. I think that's right, yeah. And I think you got it again. No, I don't use Headspace anymore. Um, oh really? Or do you Sam Harris one then? Go solo. No, I'd oh. f- fly solo. You know, mm. no co-pilot. <laughs> is that right? Because you've been playing a lot of flight simulator recently. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that you try to put as many flight puns in this as possible? Yeah, and see if I can learn fly. Mm-hmm. That was just cut that. That was, that was so bad. <laughs> cut. Write that down in your notepad. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, what I'm going to do is write down Reese's pun and I'm going to paste it in every like 10 minutes. Oh God. <laughs> the preview on Instagram is going to have that single bit. <laughs> How to make no one listen to your 100th episode. I'm glad that you've been paying attention to my Instagram enough to know I do previews. <laughs> I see you occasionally creep and see my stories. Yeah. Hoping that I post something other than my podcast or my story. Which I do sometimes. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah. Obviously, you know, I have issues of anxiety. Um, so I thought I should probably uh, try and rein that in a bit. And I listened to more Sam Harris. And I listened to his an audio book of his Waking Up book. I think it's called Waking Up, isn't it? Yeah. Because his podcast was called that and then you changed it to Making Sense. Yeah. Uh, and then I bought my dad the book, who was moderately offended at first when he saw the subtitle. Um, something I think it's something along the lines of uh, how to live spiritually without religion or something uh, of course being a christian he was a bit like oh okay and i was like no 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 it's not really about i mean it is but it's not really it's more just talking about meditation in a secular way as opposed yeah. to the usual buddhist spin it has on it yeah uh, obviously most of the things he learned from it is from buddhism yeah because he did like a, was it a 40 day retreat or something it's longer than that i think it was a really long time i, can't remember I, I how thought long. it was a really long time as well but i i don't want to overstate it but i feel like it was like 40 weeks or something ridiculous it might be something like that but it was i a, think i have a feeling it was at least a year but i might be completely completely wrong here as a while yeah, ago he did a really long retreat didn't he and he basically didn't talk for some ridiculous amount of time and he had some sort of spiritual awakening yeah it's one of those um you come here you meditate for 
14 hours a day and you sleep and you don't talk to anyone mm. um which sounds absolutely fantastic <laughs> for me that sounds horrendous for, for a certain amount of time of course i mean i would like to be able to like it for a long time mm. but i don't think i would you know i, I think, think it, i'd probably go nuts after a week yeah well i think for me if i did that for a week i would have some sort of really big epiphany and it would really change mm. me because i i'm so on it all the time mm. with talking and being that it would probably be of benefit. But the thing is, is for me to do that, I have to put everything in my life on hold yeah. for a week, which doesn't sound like very much, especially because mm. in lockdown, everyone's life's on hold for like four or five months. But yeah, it seems like a lot. But yeah. Yeah, he's... Um, basically, I'd, obviously, I think this is basically everyone's default position on meditation is um, something, something Buddhism, something, something hippies. <laughs> I was going to say um, hippies. Be one with nature man. Um, um. Yeah, you know, certainly your legs crossed or weird and yada, yada, yada. Crystals. <laughs> and yeah, stuff, yeah, stuff that doesn't work. Um, yeah. But um, meditation, turns out, actually is like a scientific thing. Like you can measure it scientifically, it working. Uh, it has similar effects on your brain long term that taking shrooms or acid would do long term like um it shrinks your default oh i should know this i think it's called default mode network Hmm. which is right in the center of your brain and it's basically as far as i'm aware very very lamest terms the part of your brain that sort of frames all the other functions of the brain so it was the connector in a sense yeah pieces together it It sort of like gives you your sense exactly it basically translates all of your experiences into a sense of self which is why if you take lots of acid or DMT or shrooms, you you know, you can have something called an ego death where you don't even feel like you don't feel like there's a you anymore or a them. It's just everywhere. That's where you hear people go, We're all one, man, you know. That's it comes from somewhere actually scientific to some degree. It's more like more like um it's a genuine experience that you can feel with our brains. Um more more than scientific, more than like, you know, not not objectively stating we are all one. Um of course. But um, yeah, I heard him talk about it and I was like, you know what? I listen to this guy on almost everything else he talks about and agree with him on everything. So I'm going to give it a go. And uh, yeah, it works. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a bit of a commitment. Um, But it's basically just a way of recognizing how unorganized your mind actually is. Um, and anyone listening to this who doesn't meditate or doesn't in, is not in that world at all is probably thinking, oh, my mind, my mind is not that much of a state. You know, I go to work and I'm like, yeah, that's my work life. Go home. That's my home life. Yeah, I get a bit sad sometimes. Yeah, I get a bit stressed. No, 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 <laughs> no. Trust me on this. You take, you give, give yourself a couple of hours worth of meditation, not in one go, a couple of hours worth of meditation. And you will, you will realize, not you might, you literally will realize 100% how chaotic your mind is. You'll start thinking about how you're not thinking about things. Your brain is continuously, continuously thinking about things and is being informed by your subconscious all, all the time. So meditation is not necessarily a way to clear your mind and to silence it. It's just to recognize that's happening, which turns out is very good for dealing with certain psychological issues like anxiety which is very much a sort of subconscious response to things um that are irrational you know oh um i don't know where's my where's my where's my bottle of water oh god i'm freaking out where's my water you know obviously it doesn't happen to me just a stupid example you could just think it basically allows you to see your thoughts for what they actually are and allows you to sort of scrutinize them for being irrational or rational 
maybe it's yeah is this is a thought worth actually paying attention to at all if you're if you're ang- uh, if you have anxiety and you're meditating to treat anxiety you think the goal isn't even to feel less anxious it's not really how it works can't really ever feel less anxious from meditating but you can let it affect you much much less so it's your way of recognizing yes i feel anxious and then you very much instead of running away from it or trying to make it stop which usually makes it worse if anyone who listens to this who has, has anxiety i assume can resonate with that it's very much just going yep i'm anxious where can i feel it in my body you know just start like putting it under a microscope because as soon as you do that as soon as you shine the light on it sort of the facade just kind of goes away on its own you kind of think well yep i feel kind of not great and yep i guess this is it you know you kind of just it's almost like very very simply put it's almost like accepting it and as soon as you accept it, it's sort of like you realize it, it was sort of an illusion all along and it just sort of just drifts off on its own. You kind of still feel it potentially, still physically. But in terms of how it's affecting you, it's much, much, much less, hmm. which has been a lifesaver for me. Yeah, because you were saying before, um, well, you, you have a, I won't say, go in depth about what your job is, but you work in IT, so you're like a professional life and you have a lot of things to deal with and think about and whatever. Hmm. And but you, the rest of your life is fairly normal, you know. I'm not going to delve into details, but you know, for most part of life, it yeah. is fairly normal. So, and you've from since I've known you, different points in your life, you've suffered with anxiety to different degrees. Mm-hmm. And you, I remember you saying like, um, with your work, you got um, like a subscription to Headspace, which is the meditation app thing. And yeah. then you, I think you gave that a go. And then there's a few options in there. One of them was specifically about anxiety. Yeah. So I started with mindfulness which is basically what everyone starts with generally when they start meditating. Um, if they're going for the standard sort of... That's what I do. ...how Western culture has adopted meditation, it usually starts with mindfulness, which is basically what I was just describing. Of course, there are other types of meditation, but I don't really know much about them, so I'm not going to speak on them. Yeah, well, there's... there's uh, the only vagueness I know about other meditation practices is, like, some of them is... I think, is it chakra or something, where you basically chant something almost? I think it's Zen meditation. I think yeah. I think it's Zen. I don't know. It was, it was another one where you have a, a mantra... Yeah, because the mantra, that's the one, yeah, because there's the mantra, which is you either say something out loud to yourself or you repeat it in your head. Mm. Then there's you know, there's guided meditation, unguided meditation, there's meditation for gold, there's some meditation that's better for sleeping, anxiety, lots of sort of different things. Yeah. And I remember you saying that you were practicing and you were doing like 10, 15 minutes a day or something on the, the Headspace app. Mm-hmm. And I think you said within like a week or so, you immediately felt the difference. And yeah. then within like a month or so, you said you felt like this this weight that was over you had been like lifted. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It was quite quick and it was probably a quite extreme thing to say so quick, but it, that's generally what it felt like. When I started meditating, I was like probably at my worst in terms of anxiety. So there was a lot to, uh, there's any kind of difference and it made a big difference. Hmm. And I definitely felt a difference, that's for sure. Yeah, whereas with myself, where I, I haven't suffered with a, a mental illness to, like an extreme diagnosable extent. Like we have several uh, friends or people we care about and things who, you know, have suffered with depression, bipolar, anxiety, lots of different sort of aspects of things. There's loads of people I know of that sort of thing. And, but myself, I haven't, I, I haven't suffered with any of those things very fortunately and I'm very thankful that I haven't. But I've done mindfulness meditation for a little while because like you and sam harris start talking about it because you, you do exactly what you say you hear about it and you go oh it's just hippie nonsense ask people trying to get spiritual ask people mm-hmm. you know becoming one with the universe and that sort of jazz and then you hear sam harris who is a 
He was a neuroscientist. Also incredibly, incredibly hated by religious people because he speaks out against religion. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, he's he's not like anti-religion. He's just pointing out that the doctrine has some very dangerous words in it, yeah. which is not something I'm going to get into now. He's essentially but, the most secular kind of person you could ever meet. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd agree with that. And just for clarity of people, secular means non-religious, just non basically means Yeah, basically just uh, evidence-based beliefs. Yeah. Um, so, and he, he was excited about uh, meditation and things. And when I was listening to his podcast a lot, he would frequently talk about it, not as like a preacher where he would just discuss it openly. And when you hear him talking about it and he goes, you know, you could put people in a MRI machine things, you can check their brain. And he has done this sort of thing because he mm-hmm. was a neuroscientist. So he, he is like, he has a PhD. I think he's got several degrees. He's like a proper specialist. And he was like, he did meditation and he swears by it. Mm-hmm. And it's like when someone who is that secular, who has no connection to like spirituality or religion the way he described it i think best was you go to the gym as an example to exercise your body no one argues with you that going to the gym isn't good for you Mm -hmm. no one says oh yeah well exercise is good but you know yeah you can do it too much you can do it wrong but if you do exercise correctly in moderation in the right ways yeah it is good for you that no no one argues that the analogy he made was um when you do mindfulness and you're basically just focusing on your breathing it's the same reason people have the mantra, as far as I'm aware. Mm. The mantra doesn't do anything. It's like a special magic word. It's like abracadabra, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> not, it's, not, it's not doing anything to you. All it's doing is it's giving you a focal point. Mm-hmm. So with mindfulness, the standard thing to do is just focus on your breathing. Well, that's what I do. And uh, yeah, and also there's a bunch, there's a little bit more to it than just focusing on your breathing. For people listening, I think, well, that's how stupid. It's easy. There's a little bit more to it than that. But the idea is, if you, as long as you're completely focusing on your breathing, as soon as the thought pops into your head, even for a moment, doesn't matter what it was, doesn't matter how vague it was or um, inconsequential that thought was, you have to note what it was, potentially how it made you feel, if, if anything, and just see it for what it is and go, yep, okay, I'm just going to continue to not, I'm just going to continue to breathe. And he basically said, what people fall into, I've heard him say anyway, what people fall into a trap with, with when they start meditation is they think that thinking those thoughts that pop up is a sign that you're not doing it right or that if you think, keep thinking random thoughts that you, you know, you're know you bad. That's not really it. He, he basically said, which is similar to what you said, he, he likes to think every time you notice a thought and then go back to breathing, that's one rep if you're lifting weights. And you keep doing that over and over and over and over again and you end up with strong muscle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it becomes very easy to put those thoughts away and which obviously then becomes very beneficial when you're dealing with anxiety or maybe even depression, I don't know, um, or addiction, mm, um, cravings and stuff like that. It, it's weird because it's just a way of, as you rightly said earlier, it's just about identifying. And yeah. the way I would describe it, because my mind is quite chaotic in a lot of ways. You know, anyone who listens to me when I do podcasts, you can tell I'm often thinking about numerous things at once. And it can, it can easily, it's easy to get burnt out and get like sort of the weight above you of all these thoughts and the way i've described it with meditation because i at work i used to on lunch breaks i'd occasionally go for runs but sometimes i would just when it's a nice day i would just go lay in a field and just meditate for like 20 minutes put Mm -hmm. an alarm on my phone and it's it's so refreshing because i would describe it as my brain a lot of the time all the different thoughts is like static so when you have like a tv and it's on analog and you put in that's a horrible black and white which is also how people describe pins and needles Mm -hmm. it's kind of that in your brain where it's like there's never any actual silence it's just when you're not thinking about one specific thing you've got every single other thought all murmuring at once doing this yeah all at once and this all you can hear (laughs) just in the background yeah so you'll do it as well 
that. That's what it sounds like. And that's what it feels like. And it's like, you don't have any true peace of that. And all that happens is when you meditate, you you just assign the thought. Like in my head, I visualize it as well. I do the breathing exercises where I just, you know, breathe in very, very slowly, as deeply as you can, without causing discomfort, and as steadily as you can, in through your nose, out through your mouth. And while I do that, I personally visualize the air particles going into my mouth, down my throat, into my lungs. I do that as well. Inflating yeah. my lungs. Yeah. I visualize it like a little arrow, like a colored arrow. <laughs> yeah. I very much focus on how my body my chest feels like it's inflating yeah. and deflating and exactly. the air is coming. Actually, it's almost weird when you do it like that. I assume you probably feel the same way, especially if you're breathing kind of slow and sort of deep. Um, is that you can all, you actually almost feel like hyper aware. You can actually sort of feel the air in your chest yes. like coming up and down. It's kind of like you, sort, you sometimes feel it in your throat, right? Yeah. In, in, in any normal day, if you breathe in hard or something, almost you can feel it the entire way down. It sounds yeah. really weird. But, it, so yeah. You have like hypersensitivity because that's the only thing you're thinking of or focusing yeah. on. And the thing is, the reason it works for breathing so well above almost everything else is because you, you always have to be breathing. Your body can do it autonomously, but me even saying and talking about breathing right now is now making me, Reese, and probably anyone listening, having to manually breathe. And blink. And yeah, <laughs> and blinking and breathing are the yeah. two things where now you're going, okay, now you have to manually think about breathing and blinking. Yeah. But before someone mentioned that, your body just does an autopilot. But it's something you have to do. Mm-hmm. So with breathing, you it's, it's a lot easier to focus in on breathing and to shut everything else out because it's something you literally have to do and you're always doing it. Yeah. And when I visualize it, I visualize the sort of uh, breath going in and out as I've described and then when a thought comes into my head I think of it as a I think of a chalkboard as like on the floor or it's like a slate with just a chalk line in the middle and then a thought comes down almost like a post-it note and I, no, the post-it note is always blank I don't visualise the words of my thought yeah. in there but I visualise like a post-it note almost coming down and then a hand just brushing it aside yeah. and almost organising as an almost negative or positive thought it's not necessarily that simple but a thought comes in about Oh, like I'm late. I normally meditate before bed because it helps me sleep. I, I use meditation personally to help me sleep most mm. of the time. So I, I lay in bed and I meditate uh, for like 10 minutes before bed. And it helps, you know, some people I know um, who we both know as well have said that they have issues with sleeping because they lay in bed and then the thoughts go mental. They and they, yeah. yeah. And that's what I have had in the past. Meditation for me completely stopped that because once you lay in bed, a weird thing about it is I, I visualize, you know, the thought coming down and then I go, either it's a worry or it's something positive or I'm thinking about work or I'm thinking about podcasting. And I go, this is me thinking about podcasting. I'm laying in bed. I do not need to think about that now. Hmm. Visualize it, brushing to the side and continue about breathing. And the thing is as well that I've noticed is it's a physiological thing where if you do slow, deep breaths, your heart rate will drop like steadily. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll feel less things because, you know, you're, you're just thinking about breathing stuff. But if you try and sleep and your heart is going fast, you can't. It's, it's basically yeah, it's impossible. Happen, yeah. But if you're... One of the things is if you're laying in bed and worrying about stuff, your heart rate starts to increase because you're panicking and therefore you then can't sleep because your heart's going too fast. Well, doing those breathing exercises, even if you are not believing in meditation in any way, shape or form, regardless of the scientific proof behind it, if you or evidence, you literally just think of it. If, if you breathe deeply and slowly it will make your heart rate slow down yeah. unless you're having some sort of massive panic attack. But then even it can help in that regard. But you breathe in deeply and slowly and you breathe out steadily and slowly. Eventually that will slow your heart rate down, which will then make it easier to sleep. Mm-hmm. That, 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 isn't an argue, that isn't something one can argue about. So it does get a little bit frustrating when people say, oh, meditation doesn't work or it doesn't work for me because it's like... It does. It, you're a human it, being. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's as um, kind of annoying and sort of a uh, militant hippie as that sounds. 
if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I've tried meditation, it doesn't work for me. Are you a human? If the answer is yes, it does work for you. <laughs> you maybe you're doing it incorrectly. It's very easy to do it incorrectly. Um, and I recommend learning how to do it elsewhere, if yeah. that is the case. Well, to clarify as well is that the... You know, there are obviously, for, for the way I do it with the breathing exercises and stuff, there are some people who from the get-go will not be able to do that as mm-hmm. easily, which is fine. But there are a variety of different ways to do meditation. And the best thing really is you can get headspace for free and you can get some of that. I think there's other free, you know, there's a couple of YouTube videos. There's like this monk that does uh, YouTube videos and he does guided meditation on there for free. Mm. All one needs to do is do one or two sessions of guided meditation because all it is, you just lay down with your eyes closed, breathe and listen to this person talk to you about breathing. Mm. You will get into a vague meditative state. And then once you are comfortable enough with that, you then just do it yourself. And then you do what's best for you. As yeah. me, me personally is the breathing thing, but other people have got like numbers. What's weird about it is when I've thought about meditation is, you know, when people say count sheep to help you sleep, mm. that in itself is a form of meditation. Yeah. Because all meditation is, is making your mind focus on it's like something laser, else, it's like laser pointing your attention on something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like everything else. Well, it's like putting, you know, it's like with um, with horses when you put the the sort of blinders on their eyes, they don't get, you know, all the other the cars that are going around them are going mental won't freak them out because they're just focusing on what's in front of them. Yeah, that's in in a way that's kind of what it is. Yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. But it, I'm glad that you spoke about that honestly because it's one of those things where it's like I I never want to sound preachy about meditation. I hate talking to people about it because yeah. I want to get really excited about it because I literally feel like it is basically, you know, like I'm not talking about life hack. You know, you stick your fucking you know, you get a can of coke and you spin the cap around and you put your straw through it. No, no, no. I'm not talking about an actual improve almost every aspect of your life hack. <laughs> Thing is with meditation, not only is it good for you know anxiety and basically chilling out and relaxing or whatever it's very good for because obviously you become very very used to and, and good at noticing your thoughts you then start to actually question this, this may be this may actually sound unappealing to some certain types of people but you start to question why you're doing certain things in your life or moment by moment that you would normally justify to yourself yeah like, I feel like I've been less self-serving since I started meditating because every time I want to do something that would make me feel better about myself, I'm mentioning something around someone, you know, so that I can talk about something good that's going on with me or posting online. Also, you know, I don't post anything online. Hmm. My immediate thought is, why am I doing this? It's like, well, if I really hyper-focus on it, I really think about it, I'm doing it because it makes me feel good for in a selfish way. Not because it's really hurting anyone, but i personally not comfortable with that. As much as I actually want to get the gratification for doing this i'm gonna choose not to do it now because i've noticed that that's actually why i'm doing it so whatever that however that may manifest in your life is also gonna be different for everyone but for me it's it, i feel like at least feel like <laughs> i've been a, a slightly better person since i'm meditating maybe a little bit more insufferable to people who don't understand <laughs> meditation and me a 26 year old anxious idiot um trying to preach them about how to live but um i think it's a very good step anyway for basically anyone but it's one of those things where I find meditation is it's almost like, like if you have some serious, serious, really loads of bad shit going on, you don't meditate and then a month later all the problems are going to solve no. itself. But what meditation does, I would describe as is it smooths the edges a little bit and it probably just improves most aspects of your life for between 1% and 5%. Yeah. It I can mean, do it, more. It can... But that's it, like a standard almost. Like It just makes everything slightly better at the least. So it's like, well, if it just makes everything a little bit better, why wouldn't you just try it in a way yeah. but also that sounds really preachy as well <laughs> <Just> yeah <like. laughs> 
I just feel like, yeah, like you said, it's, it can be good for anyone, even the tiniest bit from the start. Obviously, when I say from the start, I mean give it at least a week, at least a week of meditating at least 10 minutes a day. Yeah. To even start to come up with a, a conclusion. Because, for instance, you know, imagine someone who is like an alien comes down or a, an alien comes into a human's body. And it's a completely different body. It doesn't work anywhere near like a normal, the normal original body works. He has no idea about human culture. And we tell him, your body will get bigger and stronger if you keep lifting this heavy thing over and over again. And he'd do it for like two weeks and be like, I can tell the difference, dude. <laughs> and it's like, no, trust me. <laughs> you, you need to stick to it. You, you are changing. You don't even realize it because it's so gradual. It's incremental, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I'd say. If you're going to start, um, don't give up on it because... You don't really know what the hell is going on. I would say what, what's what's very good is to listen to some Sam Harris mm. or someone who knows what they're talking about. The Richard this, Dawkins one. The Richard Dawkins one, yeah. We, yeah, Sam Harris is Richard Dawkins when he's trying to explain it to him. Yeah, because Richard Dawkins is an intellectual and is secular like Sam Harris is, but he he's a bit older. It. And he, yeah. does not, he, he was, at the start of the podcast, he was saying, I don't understand meditation, da, 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 da. Yeah. And it's the other side of the coin of someone who's very similar-minded. And yeah. Sam Harris explains it to him and does guided meditation at the end of it, doesn't mm. he? yeah, yeah. And it's like, basically, it's, I think it's important to do that. Um, listen to someone who knows what they're talking about with it. Talk about it in not a, not a specific way. Because if you listen to like an app like Headspace or something, it will tell you how to do it, but it doesn't really give you a kind of direction. You know what I mean? It's like saying, oh, you can drive a car, but then not explaining to you that your car can actually get you somewhere, mm. you know? Um, it's, it's very good for context about why you're doing this and mm. what it can do for you and what you might want to be aiming for. Um, which helps a lot. I feel like a lot of people were lacking the direction when they start doing it and then they kind of go, I don't really get it, which mm-hmm. is what Richard Dawkins comes to the conclusion of. Yeah. Uh, at the end, he basically doesn't really understand like why. I think Sam goes on to explain it to him if I'm right. But... Yeah, yeah. It's just a long uh, mm. podcast for my knowledge. I mean, if you want, if you if you, if you like audiobooks or like reading and you, you're up for up for it, definitely just read Waking Up by Sam Harris. That'll, that'll, that'll Yep, that takes all the boxes. I don't think you can really read that book and come away going, I don't get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's like you go on Audible. I think if people go to Audible, you can get a free book or, you know, you get a free credit or whatever if you just do a trial. And yeah. you, that free book could be waking up if, if people want to try it. Yeah, that's how I did it. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get a free book. So The only um, reason I haven't signed up to Audible yet is because I'm waiting to go back to work when things get normal and then I'm going to listen to, I want to listen to Sam Harris one and I want to listen to more Star Wars books and stuff as well. Mm. But with meditation as well, what I found as an individual, the main things that I found benefited from doing, I would define mine more so as mindfulness because I'm just at beginner level. But mm. I've, I, I'm fine with beginner level. Like the the way I'm doing it works for me, and that yeah. that's the thing with meditation. It's not like what you you have to do meditation for half an hour a day every day to get any benefit. It's like no, you need to do it for like ten minutes each day for a week or so to kind of get your foot in the door. Mm-hmm. But then it's almost like practicing to ride a bike. Like, to start riding a bike, you have to actually practice and be able to ride the bike by yourself. But once yeah. you've done that, you don't have to ride a bike every day to be able to continue to ride the bike. And just like riding a bike, like going into it, you maybe you can ride a bike after like a month and go, well, I can ride a bike now. Then you go, wait a minute. What, I, I, can, I can jump and spin the handlebars in the air. <laughs> Similar. I'd love to go into it, but... Also, you, you, everyone listening to this has almost certainly heard of things like enlightenment and like monks and stuff. Like, the reason monks can sit uh, tibetan monks sit in on top of a mountain in a temple and meditate all day every day literally until they die without doing anything else ever um the reason they can do that they're not bored you know they're not they're going i'm doing this for god they're not doing it for some higher purpose they're doing it for self-actualization and enlightenment 
and well, self-actualization is probably the wrong way of putting it because I'm not really doing anything. But um, that that these people aren't bored. Like you can you can have enlightening experiences meditating, even to the point of being completely comfortable with doing nothing. Mm. Like not to say that's what you should aim for. No. It's a very specific niche life, but it is 100% possible. And monks these days, like Tibetan monks, are the are the proof of it that you can through meditation somehow as crazy as it may seem in our daily life in 2020 actually do literally nothing forever and not be bored technically yeah (laughs) to give you some context of what can potentially be achieved in terms of how you can change how you perceive your own life and experience yeah exactly and with me what i found since i've been doing uh, mindfulness exercises which has been maybe a year or two i think ish or it might be a bit longer but what i found is just like if i'm really stressed I don't even I don't have to meditate at that point to deal with the stress. I often it cur- it makes it easier to get out of it. Like I think Sam Harris said it best, which is like if you meditate and you recognize your own emotion, it won't stop you getting angry. But no. when you get angry, it makes you calm down a lot quicker you and it makes you recognize it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like with me, I found that like in arguments and stuff, I used to be very much against apologizing. Not like people shouldn't apologize, but I almost inherited it from my dad, which was the e- is the ego side of it, which mm. is not wanting the vulnerability and not wanting to say, oh, I'm wrong about this. I'm sorry. Because mm. I used to have a weird thing about apologizing and admitting I was wrong because my dad had a weird thing about it. So it kind of fell on me. But once I started to apologize and once I started to accept, I am not right about everything, which is very obvious, but it wasn't to me. Um, <laughs> but like when I started recognizing that and accepting when I was wrong, especially in relationships and things, when I started being like, yeah, I am wrong. I am sorry. I, you know, yes, I caused this argument or things like that. Once I started doing that, it was like a domino effect of positivity in a mm. sense of like, now when I get really angry, I used to get angry and it used to piss me off and I'd be in a shit mood for like hours and hours. And sometimes I'd like, I'd like the feeling of being angry because I'd be like almost wanting oh, yeah, to feel like shit. Oh yeah, you sort of revel in it. Yeah, 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 I get that. Oh yeah, I understand that big yeah. time. <laughs> with meditation I found or mindfulness, I found that it helps me be like, yeah, but kind of reveling in that makes everyone around you mm. worse. You may feel slightly better being angry, but you make everyone around you feel shitty. And is that really worth it? And you go, yeah. well, probably not. Well, what do you need to do to get out of being angry then? Well, just not let this bother you and probably apologize because really you are in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. And that's usually apologize. I've never had a situation where I've done something wrong and apologizing has made things worse. No. Like it, it either doesn't really change anything, but you feel a bit better, or it completely changes the situation, makes everything better. Mm-hmm. And that, it's a really simple thing. And that's one thing that whenever I have kids, I'm going to really hit home with them is like, I'm not going to do what my parents often did, which is forcing me to apologize and not really explaining why, because then you just give loads of false apologies and then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But when you actually explain, once you say to someone, I apologize, I was wrong. I'm accepting the responsibility of the negative thing, normally in an argument, you know, I'm accepting the negative emotions we both felt from this argument. I caused this and I am sorry for that. Could you forgive me? And we'll try and get past this. Doing that normally solves, like, of all the arguments I've had in my, like, adult life, in, in relationships primarily, I'd say about 99% of them get resolved within, like, five minutes of me doing that. Mm-hmm. And normally within half an hour, all of the any vague remnants of uh, negative emotion is gone with yeah. very, very quickly. There's obviously certain ones which are a bit more serious conversation and things, but 
whereas before I'd be like holding on to it and I'd be like, no, I'm not wrong in this argument. No, it wasn't my poo in the toilet, it was yours. Yeah, <laughs> it was you're the one who started this argument and you're at fault and things. And it, go, and no, it doesn't really ever help. It just, just, you both just then feel shitty for longer. It's an ego thing, right? Oh yeah, well, that, well that's yeah. my biggest, my biggest character flaw I've always had is my ego. That's, Everyone that's, has an ego problem. Whether you think you do or not, you have an ego problem to some degree and it manifests in some way. Also, you know me, super edgy boy. I think almost everyone who posts on social media has an ego problem. <laughs> yeah. I personally don't feel attacked by this, guys, but I personally feel like if you're posting online, you're posting it because mo- almost, like, I can think of obviously a few scenarios where this wouldn't be the case, obviously, right? You want to let your close family know some sort of something. Yeah. You don't want to go around and go, I'm going to text my auntie, my uncle, my nan, my granddad, and tell them all this. Obviously not, right? It makes yeah. sense. Social media was invented for a certain reason, of course. But if you're one of those people who has hundreds and hundreds of people on social media, people you've known since school and haven't spoken to since school specifically, and you post something on social media, even if it's something that you're not going, oh, yeah, I can't wait for people to like this. Most people aren't like that, right? If you are, yikes. But (laughs) most people aren't like that, right? I'm not saying that everyone is a bad person, of course, right? But I just think your brain is a weird thing and subconsciousness can seep into your... I mean, I, I basically subscribe to the belief that you have no free will, hmm. right? Which basically means your subconsciousness is informing everything you do. But that aside, I think your subconsciousness is basically justifying this to you. And you put it online and you're doing it because, I mean, without sounding like too ridiculous, think of it for a moment. This might incite some anger in you when I'm saying this, but are you or are you not technically seeking attention or validation? Surely, right? Like I used to post online all the time, right? Yeah, all the time. Meet me the same, yeah. yeah. I suppose all the time. Also, you can post online. You post to project, promote your podcast. Makes sense. Well, yeah, right? well, that is to some degree an ego thing in some way. But I suppose, yeah, in, in some way it is, right? Yeah. Not saying literally you have to live a completely egoless life. Don't be a human being. I'm not saying that. It's ridiculous. And if you want to do that, cool. Go to move, move to Tibet and live with monks. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you want to still be a normal functioning member of society, at least you don't have to do that kind of stuff. But at least recognize, like, when I, when I was posting things online, I remember just, I can't remember what I posted, the last thing I posted, I posted something, I just thought like, I just thought for a moment, I was like, why did I actually post that? Like, obviously I want people to see it, because I thought maybe it was funny or clever or something, and I was like, but ultimately I want people to think, wow, Reese Reese said something funny, I now like Reese more. Exactly, Reese Reese said something good, or Reese looks good in that photo, or Reese said something insightful, and when you told me about that as well, Mm. I no longer, especially on Facebook, I barely post on Facebook anymore, because now I think like, when when I used to post on Facebook, it would be trying to a lot of the time I'd post something that I think is funny and then when people like it I go yeah people think I'm funny yeah, yeah. It's, it's not and to clarify there's what nothing, you're saying there's nothing necessarily wrong that, that wrong with that right no, like, there's nothing I completely exactly I completely put my hands up and for a very 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 long time that's exactly what I was doing and I, at the time I wouldn't have thought that really I mean I probably maybe would have if I really thought about it but now looking back and I can very much see it I fucking loved it of course you do People validating you, obviously, that's a great thing. It's going to make nice, you feel great. It? Obviously, it's going to make you feel good, right? We all, we all actually secretly hate ourselves, right? <laughs> so when you when you think other people don't hate you, that's a pretty good thing. Well, yeah, and I used to do a lot. You know, even me, I've never been that... Because I used to be so overweight and things, I used to have a real negative view on my own appearance. And then once I lost a lot of weight and became better looking uh, and, you know, cut my hair and took care of myself and things, then 
I would get so gratified when I post a picture of myself and I'd get loads of people liking it. I yeah. think when I got my first proper Especially hair- guy. Whoa, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's one of those things that like when I got my first proper haircut and I'd lost quite a substantial bit of weight, I put a picture on Facebook, I think, and I got like 90 likes or something, mm. which isn't... Th- when people have got like thousands of friends on Facebook, that's not very much. But for when you've got a normal amount of friends, like between two and 500 probably, nearly 100 is quite a lot, especially before that fucking algorithm that changes it. But... When I got that, I remember posting it and feeling so good about myself because mm-hmm. I. the problem was was that I had that part of me that was almost, not quite incomplete, but it was like the part that was wanting something. Yeah. I was insecure about how I looked. So I post this picture of me online to people. They all like it and commend me for how good I look. That gives me gratification. That feels good. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily, what you're saying is, there's not necessarily anything wrong with feeling good about people complimenting you because no. that's okay. But you have to try and recognize the reason you're posting on social media, unless you are necessarily promoting something or it's a niche thing, generally it is you're posting that because you want people to see it, because you want people to like it, because you want people to like you or think you're funny or political things are the big one without getting too deep into political things. The amount of people we know, and I used to do it a lot as well, which I don't do it anymore. I don't really post political opinions on social media, but a lot of people would post political opinions on social media to virtue signal to show to everyone else oh, yeah, look this is my opinion this is how i feel look how edgy i am with my view on politics i'm really against the grain or i'm really for the grain and it's like that is fine to some degree you you are welcome to post on social media whatever mm-hmm. you want but people should recognize if you are posting if you're taking a different photo of yourself every week and posting it online and making a big fuss about it and watching people watch the likes go up that is you wanting the gratification for your looks. If you are okay with yourself doing that and you want to live like that, that is, that's fine. 100%. That's completely fine. Go ahead. But, but don't lie to yourself yeah. like that's not the reason you're doing it. Yeah. And if you, if you look at that or if you deny that you're doing that, but you agree that someone doing that, like posting only for gratification, is kind of gross or an un, something that you wouldn't want for yourself or an unhealthy way of living, or anything, basically, uh, not something that you would you would seek after, <laughs> you, you, you would seek. If you think that might be you, just, next time you post something, just, just think about it. why the exact reason, not like, oh, because it's pretty funny. No, 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 no. Not, not as funny. Why did you post it? Not, <laughs> not the first surface level, or the deep-rooted level. Think it fully, this is where the meditation comes in. Think fully, go why you know when children ask why and you go this and they go why it's like well it's like why is the sofa a um cream it's like i don't know because in the factory they made it cream why because um people generally like cream well why Uh, because it's a neutral color why because uh it's not polarizing you you can keep going eventually you'll get you'll get to like almost a singularity reason right Hmm. people like it this sofa is green like cream this sofa is cream because I don't know, whatever root reason that might be, right? Probably neutral, it fits with everything. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably quite a surface level example I gave there. But um, you can keep going until, I mean, you know, you can, usually you can do it with with a kid and it'll come to like, because literally like particles do this thing, you know, (laughs) gravity exists, stuff like that. It comes down to like the most fundamental. Do that with yourself and your own reason and why you're posting something online. And I'm willing to bet you'll probably come to the fairly uncomfortable conclusion that you're doing it because it makes you feel good. There's no other reason. No. It's not necessarily that you want to... I mean, also, there's a small part of you that, yeah, wants to share this funny or interesting thing with the world, right? But are you also doing it for ego? 
And if you are, and you're happy with that, I go ahead, I guess. I mean, I, I wouldn't personally agree. That's not something I would want for myself. But if you rec- if you recognize it and think, yep, I'm cool with essentially just, like you said, you felt there was a part of you missing, seeking after that, the, to something to fill that that void. In an unhealthy know? way. Yeah, in, in an unhealthy way. Instead of feeling in a, in, okay in and of yourself and not needing it from externally, if, you, if you're okay with that, Go right ahead. Fucking post online. Fucking go nuts, mate. Hmm. But I, I honestly feel like most people wouldn't honestly come to that conclusion that they would actually want that to be why they're posting online. That's why when I say that to people, most of the time I guess what like no turn up to me. It's like because I mean we all know it's true. It's not the worst. Like I said, it's really not the worst thing in the world, right? No. If you're a really really attractive woman and you post a picture online with your you know your tits half hanging out and you look amazing. Um, and everyone likes it, who's being hurt in that situation? No one. Literally, no one's being hurt, right? So it's not like the worst thing in the world. This is why I, I really hate talking about this with people for the most part, because I feel like I'm being like, well, I'm just an amazing person, and uh, you're causing <laughs> harm for people. social media, like, no. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, right, if you're a really hot girl and you post online and you get 100 likes, you've technically made 101, including yourself, people quite happy, right? But is it really that healthy for you? Just ask yourself that question. And like I said, if it comes to, yes, it is. Then whatever knocks your phone. <laughs> but if not, maybe um, if so, or, or if not, maybe maybe start meditating, <laughs> and you you may change your mind, or may uh, your your perspective may change a little bit on it. Yeah, and it's it's to to kind of finish things off and things. It's it's about in some ways about moderation as well. Like I, I still do occasionally post on Facebook, but yeah. I don't. I used to post all the time, and you go back on those Facebook memories, which I used to check my Facebook memories all the time as well, which I, I don't anymore. I can't really be asked half the time. But it's like, I would post all the time, everything I'm thinking, everything I'm doing and stuff, because all the time I want people to know that I'm doing something interesting or fun or exciting because my insecurities were that I'm not funny or I'm not smart or I'm not uh, interesting or I'm... And it, it comes, and when I could kind of recognize that, I was like, I don't really need to post on Facebook every day. Mm. I I will very, very occasionally post on it. Normally now I just share memes, yeah. but like, <laughs> and that, and that's mainly because I see it and it's one button click away. I don't. I've always said this to Jasmine. I'm like talking about this subject because Jasmine more or less agrees with me, right? And this thought I think we're talking about, right? Um, Jasmine being my girlfriend, for anyone doesn't understand the context, <laughs> what she, what she says is um, that what we we say to each other is. Well, mainly me saying to her because I preach about this kind of stuff to her. Is um, the only things I can really, really fully understand, and I don't think anything to do with the ego, are sharing something with your close family that you would actually want to tell them in person. Of course, then there's the weird thing where, like you, is also you have hundreds of people online on your friends list, and you know that. So ask yourself, why are you really doing it? <laughs> I mean, ask yourself this: if you have like a baby picture and you want to share that baby picture with your child with your family, with everyone, or with your family, but not everyone in quotes, you know, set it, so set a group on Facebook or whatever the hell it is and share it to be visible only to your close family. If you don't want to do that, maybe consider why you don't want to do that. <laughs> um, so sharing something actually big news with your whole family, sharing something genuinely hilarious that you'd want other people to feel joy because it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Go for it. Memes. Memes are fantastic. Memes are... <laughs> Where would we be in 2020 if we don't have memes? Oh, Jesus Christ. would be a lot worse without memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You want to share funny things? Go for it. If you are genuinely funny, right? If you, as a person, are genuinely funny and you want to say something because you're giggling to yourself because it's so funny and you because you, you want other people to feel the joy, not, you, not that you want other people to think that you're funny. 
you want other other people to feel the joy, go for it. Or if you want to share something genuinely really, really important that you feel is really, really important, some sort of public service announcement, some sort of news article that you find is really, really important, something incredibly interesting, I don't know, something, some space shit, you know? <laughs> Anything with space. <laughs> something cool. something genuinely interesting and uh, people intellectually... People may not themselves. Exactly. Something that's maybe a bit niche, something intellectually engaging. These things, I can't really... I don't, don't think you can really make an argument that they're ever going to have ego attached to them. I mean, they could... But for the most part, I think, you know, if you're posting something interesting, you're not thinking, wow, I really want people to think that I read interesting things. I don't think that's why people post interesting things, right? For the most part. For the most if part. You're doing it, if you're doing it like every single day, you're posting constant news articles all the time, then that's more probably, of a yeah. thing. But if it's occasionally you see, oh, there's a really cool thing. There's a new theory about black holes. I know loads of people who like black holes. I'm not going to message them all individually, pop it online for more people to vaguely see it. That's more so. Yeah, what, and like I, I know, it's moderation I know, once again. Exactly, and the thing is, I I know what it sounds like. Obviously, I'm thinking, oh, well, Reese is telling me what what I can and can't morally <laughs> post. Like, thank God, there's someone who's so enlightened who can tell me how I feel and what I should do with my life. Obviously not. Like I said, think about these things before you post them. Really think about it. Though. Do the child thing. Why? 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 Whatever you come down to that you can no longer answer why to you make a decision from there. And if you still want to post it, even if you know it's for your ego, you should go for it, mate. All I'm saying is, I feel like most people wouldn't want to post it for your ego. And I feel like most people, if not everyone, would be a happier, more well together, uh, well put together person in their own mind anyway, if they didn't continuously cater to their own ego and they could find that fulfillment within themselves as opposed to getting it online. Wonderful. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very enlightened way. And I would say, what well, I normally say to my guests is just, hey, where can we find you on social media? Well, the answer is fucking nowhere. Nowhere. I think, do you, you have Instagram. I do lurk. I'm, I'm not going to put you on Instagram. I hate it. I hate the fact that I do it. I am not perfect. No. Um, which is why you shouldn't listen to me at all. Everything I said is, is stupid. No. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not going to give, the, obviously, your Instagram or anything like that out because there's... I, I, do, I do. I generally, I follow some people who I know. Me. And yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I watch you see occasionally. I'll just notice uh, you see one of my Instagram stories. Yeah, that's like the very rare thing. But yeah, even though I don't post on Instagram stories anymore. Mm. Have you noticed with genuine chit chat? I barely post anymore either because yeah. I can't be asked. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's self promotion. It's like whatever. You know, you're trying to you're trying to make something here because you enjoy it. Mm. Yeah, you can't whatever. find you on social media. You don't ever. I don't think you've ever had a Twitter, Facebook. You've. I've had a Twitter once. But then I don't understand it, so I came off of it as a very, very long time ago. And then you've got Facebook, but you only keep it on because of Facebook Messenger. Yes, I don't have, I don't use Facebook as like the app or anything like that. No, I think, I think your, it's your profile the actual council of the internet. And I think it's like I generally think Facebook's like a cesspool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cesspool of anti-vax mums and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. So I won't, I won't tell people how to find it. I'll just give them your home address, and then they can. Yeah, that's that's a pretty damn good way to find me. Actually, I'll, I'll you'll t- probably find me there. Well, you're moving twenty four seven. I'll give you the old address. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't leave my house ever unless I, I crawl out of my fucking shell to come into here and and do this podcast. Like creep out of the woodwork, tell people how to live their lives. Yeah, Jasmine's actually just like uh, she's not a real person. She's one of those like um, like weeb pillows. Yeah. That you've like connected up to like one of those AI things where when you Why talk to you say it. that on record. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you embarrassing that? Why are you embarrassing me in front of everyone? Yeah, Jasmine will find out about this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, awesome. Well, thanks a bunch, Reese. It's been great having you all. Thank you for having me for your hundredth episode. Yeah, that's because you're my, one of my favourite people in the entire world, and I contribute me starting a podcast and me getting into podcasts big chunk to you as well. Yeah. So you're very welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, guys, especially on the 100th episode. I really, really appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way up to the end. So big thank you just to all of you guys who have helped me, you know, supported me in things, the little random messages I've had or the reviews or anyone who's just shared the show, anything like that. It helps me keep going because if anyone is not aware, there's no ads that I play on the show. Uh, when I do promos with other podcasters, we just do a promo swap. There's no money involved. I don't have a Patreon or anything like that yet because I just haven't delved into that realm. So this is really, it's a passion project for me and I just love talking with people who mean either a lot to me or have something very interesting or important to say or just a lot of fun and this is a podcast that really encapsulates all of those things in one go with my relationship with Reese. Uh, I praised him a lot in the intro and I'll say it again he is one of my all-time favorite people and I speak to him about a lot of issues and things and he really helped me start the podcast and get a lot of the things moving. We also used to do stuff in college with YouTube and stuff together so that kind of help teach me about the things and also the intro for genuine chit chat is actually made by reese he made a thing which is called uh, under the bridge it's a chill step song and he put it on youtube ages ago uh, in fact i may include a link to it in the description actually and he was kind enough to let me use part of it for my intro for genuine chit chat if any of you listen to the first ooh, has five or ten episodes of genuine chit chat it has a really old kind of ragged sort of intro to it whereas after a while, it kind of got a bit more complicated, a bit better, the intro, and that's because of Reese. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of the things for Genuine Chit Chat, I do contribute to Reese, uh, and I just really appreciate him as a person. And I had a lot of fun talking to him. I really hope you guys enjoyed the chat, the, the vulgarity at the start, all the way through to the insightfulness towards the end. And I can't wait to have him on again. I'm not sure how long it's going to be till he comes on again. I see him very, very frequently, but I don't always just want to shove a microphone in some in front of my best friends and record every conversation we had. Uh, but coming up, I've got a two-parter recorded with my friend Janine Mercer, who's been on the show before. She's the Odd Entity podcast. We had a great chat then, um, nice big one. There's a chat that I have got recorded with Scott Weatherly of the 20th Century Geek podcast. We collaborated with Comics and Motion when we did the whole Star Wars run of things late last year uh, for the sort of getting ready for the Rise of Skywalker. And I've got one which is due to be recorded this coming Wednesday with a woman called Tonya Todd. She was actually on the show only a few episodes ago. Uh, I think I may end up releasing that episode pretty sharpish because uh, as of recording this, Chadwick Boseman passed away. It was either today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday um, at the age of 43 due to cancer, which is obviously a horrendous thing for anyone to go through. And obviously myself losing my dad to cancer, I understand to some degree some of the pain that the family may have gone through. But also him being such a big individual, not only in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also for uh, people of colour. It's such a big and important thing. And I think me and Tonya are going to be speaking about that to some degree, as well as just general superheroes and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC and all that sort of other jazz. So I, I will probably end up releasing that episode with Tonya Todd next week, just because the things we'll be speaking about will be quite relevant to the times, whereas the things I spoke with with Janine and Scott aren't they're not necessarily timeless, but they don't have to be released within the same week or month or things. So that's probably what's going to be next week. I've then got another two podcasts due for recording the week after that, uh, both of which were ones that were going to be sorted previously but got rescheduled. One's going to be in person with someone who has a float lab, which is if anyone listens to Joe Rogan, you can hear him talk about isolation tanks and things. You basically go into a pod and you lay on salt water that adjusts your body temperature and you can basically almost like an 
enhanced meditation it's really good for your joints really good for your mind and he's involved with loads of other things so we're gonna have a great conversation about that and then i have a chat with an author who bruce wozniak of now hear this connect me to he is also the individual who connected me to tonya todd and he is also who i spoke with for the last episode of genuine chit chat the two-parter which was episode 99 uh so lots of nice little collections there and things i've got golf coming on the podcast from beer nuts productions who we actually spoke about in this podcast very briefly and so that's another person uh who has been on the show a couple of times and we always have fun chatting so that's going to be sorted then and I think that's it. I've got a podcast recording coming up for a new sort of thing going on in the Comics in Motion podcast, obviously where my Star Wars podcast is. Uh, but, you know, I'll wait about that until we've actually recorded it and got that sorted. But aside from that, I haven't got any other podcasts due for recording as of yet. I think I'm going to hold off until probably october time before I start recording podcasts again just because I've got so many in the bank. I just don't want to get what I've done before, which I have like 10 podcasts recorded and still be recording more of them. And I just get such a huge backlog of them that, you end up releasing them and then I don't need to have anyone on for a while it becomes a bit of a mess so I'm not going to really do that um aside from that I was just going to say I do mention it in the episode itself but I didn't actually mention I put it in the show notes uh, I've included some of these sort of an air quotes greatest hits of genuine chit chat i don't necessarily think these are the best episodes these are just a lot of the episodes where either i've had a lot of fun in or that people have contacted me and said they found it very helpful useful and things uh there's one that i did with the magister of the church of satan which is probably one of the biggest podcast episodes i did kind of hit genuine chit chat on the map in a lot of ways then you know i did one with goff the original the first one i did with goff of beer arts the one i did with maxwell ivy the blind blogger uh the podcast i did with the guys from the in the black podcast as well those ones are ones that frequently get mentioned when people talk to me about their favorite episodes so if you're a new listener and you haven't really checked out some of my other episodes they're good places to start so they're in the show notes all the episodes for that and that's it apart from my star wars podcast i always like to leave it right to the end to say that so if you've already heard me talk about this hundreds of times you can probably end the podcast here but just in case you're new or you haven't heard about it i have a podcast called star wars comics and canon and each episode i go through either a mini series or a volume of comics from the Star Wars comics that have been released since 2014-2015 when Disney created the new canon. So I don't talk about any of the Legends comics or anything along those lines. It's all just what is in the current canon uh, continuity that links in with the nine films, the Clone Wars series, the Rebel series, the Resistance series, the Mandalorian series, as well as all the books that have been released since 2014 or 2015, as long as they don't have the Legends banner on them which is the majority of them there's only one or two things that have been re-released in legends uh and they do say legends on them which shows they're not in the current canon but yeah that's going on over at the feed of comics in motion they have a different episode they have a different episode made by a different podcast to release every day of the week i am fortunate enough to get the saturday slot so i've got genuine chit chat out on sundays and star wars comics and canon that comes out on saturdays and those episodes are only about half an hour long each normally the star wars comics and canon they're a little bit more bite-sized than the genuine chit chat but it is just me talking for the whole thing and episode 25 of Star Wars Comics and Canon is coming up, which is mental thinking it, thinking I've been doing it for like half a year. And it's a Q&A. It's a questions and answer one. So if you guys have any burning questions about Star Wars, even if they've been answered in previous episodes and you just don't want to listen to 25 episodes just to check, any questions at all about Star Wars, you can send my way and I will respond to them on the episode. As I said, that's going to be episode 25. If you send me a question and you want me to mention your Twitter handle or any other social media or anything that you 
you're doing, even just your name. Uh, let me know specifically, otherwise I'll just read the question. But if you specifically say, please read out you know, my name or my Twitter tag or website or anything else, I will read that out for you on the show. But otherwise, it will just be the questions. I've got a question about Darth Maul. How does he die in Phantom Menace and then show up in Solo? I've got a question about how Dooku became sort of bad and evil in some ways. I've got questions specifically about the comics, like the Dark Horse comics, which of them are canon any of those sort of questions but if that sounds like your kind of bag where you just want to kind of absorb more Star Wars content without having to fork out for the comics or without having to spend time reading and you don't want to get all the audiobooks and things for all of the you know because the comics don't have audiobook versions of them so this is me kind of explaining the narrative explaining some of the connections with other Star Wars content and things and just kind of summarizing a lot of the comics so you don't have to read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comics to get insights into certain characters but yeah I just want to say a big thank you again for anyone who's listened to either Star Wars comics and canon or genuine chit chat in any capacity i do really really appreciate it i appreciate any of you guys who reach out to me as well and tell me how much you like the show because you get a lot of those and anyone who leaves reviews as well because it really helps the show out but i just want to use this opportunity to just say yeah thank you so much for listening guys i honestly do appreciate it it means the absolute world to me that i've got to 100th episode and people are still more and more people are listening each week and more and more people are asking me to release more content and telling me how much they love the shows and certain episodes of the podcast have either helped them or they found a lot of things from them anything like that i just really appreciate so even if i made one person in the world happy from doing podcasting that would be amazing and according to a lot of you guys it has been a substantially higher amount than just one so thank you so much guys here's to another hundred episodes it only took me three years to get to this one so it's probably going to be on the sixth year that i'm going to get to the 200th episode which is quite a big milestone to get to but we shall see about that Anyway, guys, thank you so much as always for listening. I can't sing your praises enough. And I'll be back next week with another episode. So look out for that.